because despite what uh, Gavin would have us believe, Frisket is actually a good boy. Yeah. We don't know the beef he has with dogs, but <laughs> maybe he's lived in Victoria too long. User beans. What is up, listeners? You are listening to Alphanumeric, a reboot podcast. I am one of your hosts, NeoCal. And... Christopher Siege. He paused for dramatic effect because we need to make up time because it's just him and I today. <laughs> yeah. Yes, no Aiden this week. Uh, he's dealing with a private manner, and we wish him all the best with that. We are watching The Great Brain Robbery. That that almost sounded like a tongue twister for a second. The Great Brain Robbery, which is episode 10. It aired on December 10th, sorry, December 31st, 1994. So if you were a cool kid, your New Year's Eve was spent watching this episode of Reboot. Yeah, I don't... Uh... Although I remember 1994 rather well and generally have a pretty good uh, recollection of dates, I don't remember exactly what I was doing on New Year's Eve in 1994, but it was probably watching this episode because I was nine years old. So what else would I be doing on New Year's Eve? Yeah, it's not really a kid's holiday, is it? No. <laughs> no, <laughs> not it's, at all. It's like, it's like the, um, the kids have Christmas and the parents have New Year's. <laughs> Or if you're uh, if you're a uh, child born in the beginning of January, like I am, January third. Uh, oh, that's right. Your birthday's coming up. Christmas, New Year's, and your birthday are kind of just one big holiday. Yeah. So when you're a child and your your birthday is nine days after Christmas, not getting any fucking birthday gifts, bud. Especially if you grew up poor like I did. Right? It's so, like, oh, your birthday's near Christmas? You'll just get an extra present on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just going to say all of these gifts are both Christmas and birthday gifts. And yeah. it's like, oh, okay. But then, okay. When, <laughs> and then, and then when you're an adult and you don't get Christmas gifts at all, um, <laughs> you get to have fun on New Year's. But then, you know, when you're like me and your birthday is two days after New Year's Day, you don't re still don't really get much of a birthday because all of your friends are partied out from New Year's Eve. <laughs> They're like, sorry, man, <laughs> I need a week to recover. Yeah. Sorry, man. I'm too broke. Sorry, man. I'm like way too. I have like a week long hangover from New Year's. Sorry, bro. <laughs> You need you need different friends is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, I uh, I make sure that I I'm never broke at at any moment, which is not a luxury many can have. So I'm grateful for that. I'm I'm only just figuring figuring out how to do that at this point in my life at being almost thirty six. So <laughs> Le learning learning how learning your uh, your role in the stonk trade. <laughs> How to how to maximize stonks? How you to, know, build things. To, uh, I think I would probably terrorize stonks. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> indeed. Cheers. 
Oh, geez. Uh, I, I don't even remember what I was talking about. Oh, um, we have a friend um, uh, whose birthday is like on New Year's Eve. Yeah. New Year's I, Day. New Year's Eve. I, th- I think it might be December 30th. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like they're in the same boat as you, but worse because it's in that like nebulous period between Christmas and New Year's where people are recovering from Christmas and trying to prep themselves for New Year's. Yeah. I feel like we didn't spread those holidays out very well. <laughs> What's crazy that... to me is some people have New Year's decorations and lights. So they like take down all their Christmas stuff and like put up like New Year's stuff and it's like for why for a week for like 3 days. Uh me and my partner basically we we're both big fans of Christmas. Um as I, I'm sure you've ob- observed over the years. It's true. Your name does start with Christ. Yes, both of our names. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're both big fans of the, the Christmas season, and her birthday is in mid-November. So, And with mine being in the beginning of January, we basically treat the Christmas season as the days between her birthday and mine. <laughs> Nice. So Christmas Christmas is basically like almost two Christmas season is basically almost like two months for us. Okay, so it's a long lasting festive spirit. Yeah. Although we haven't nice. decorated yet this year. Should get on that. <clears throat> at what at what time is it appropriate to switch from Halloween and to put up Christmas decorations? November first. And not before, correct? Yeah. I have a pretty big pet peeve with people that get ready for Christmas before Halloween. Like uh... November 1st is the correct answer. Christopher, you win some friendship points. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thanks. November 1st is as early as, as it is because, like, you know, like, Halloween's done whatever halloween is kind of like the fastest thing dropped all year do you know what i mean like the 26th 27th you can still expect to see christmas stuff up like whatever right like it's a it's a festive time everything's colorful and red and green or or silver and blue whatever but like what what the fuck are you doing with pumpkins out on november 2nd dude (laughs) like get your get your life together Uh, speaking of getting your life together, uh, the great uh, brain robbery. The, yeah, uh, this uh, is one of those episodes I, I feel like child me appreciated a little bit more. I gotta tell you. Yeah, so uh, I believe I messaged you earlier as I watched this episode, and I said something along the lines of like, oh, so this episode is literally just fucking Fantastic Voyage. Yep, that's that's what this episode is, but uh, but with less plot, <laughs> less plot, uh, a name that is a play on the title of a classic western film, The Great Train Robbery, but also has a really fit, sexy ass redheaded Southern Belle hacker. See, how you and Aiden feel about Mouse 
to me, she kind of just seems like like a less responsible dot. And I I don't think there's much difference in the way she's like animated versus like Enzo besides the way she walks. And for me, when I rewatched this, I'm like, okay, let's see what like Christopher and Aiden are going on and on about like this mouse. I was I I don't see it. Hmm. Weird, because I'm usually the first to comment on <laughs> on this shit, but I was watching it and I was like, eh. Um I have a thing for like fit slashed uh slashed. <laughs> Hack and fit slashed. slashed apart women. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say fit uh, slash uh, moderately jacked women. So, Oh, so, so do I. But I mean, like, I, I don't view her as, like, jacked or, or fit in this. She looks like she's built approximately the same as Dot. She's got, she's got visible bi- uh, biceps and abs. Okay, okay. Well, I'll just hold... I'm, I'm holding out for Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Anyway, so the the episode opens with a GameCube, yeah, in some and, sector of mainframe. And uh, if anybody is like painstakingly trying to make mainframe out of Legos or like make it in Minecraft, we had like briefly mentioned that before. This opening zoom slow zooms through mainframe, and it's a good opening if you're um like looking for like one for one details of like how mainframe is shaped and all the buildings and stuff. Yeah. And if you're someone who does something like that, you have my respect because I do not have the patience. And the the attention to detail and being able to like 3D like spatial map what you see. Yeah, um, kudos. Yeah, I I mean, I'm a pretty detail-oriented person. Um it's why one of the reasons why I do well at what I do mm-hmm. professionally, but uh yeah, not on this level. No. <laughs> Uh, so the camera uh, uh, blah, 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 zooms blah, blah. over to the silicon tour. Yeah, it zooms past the the GameCube, and as mentioned, uh, zips zooms around through mainframe. We get uh, some nice little establishing shots, and yeah, we're at the silicon tour. Inside yeah, and... the silicon tour is old Mega Breath. Mega Breath. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With his mighty chin. And he's like, where is she? With her reputation and and her sense of humor. Um, what does he say? I, sh- I knew I shouldn't have paid her in advance. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I was yeah. like, I was like, dude, you pay half now and half on uh, upon delivery or. You know, yeah. Especially if, if it's um, especially if it's a known like like uh fixer right yeah like i've watched a lot pay... of i've watched a lot of crime movies i know how this stuff works yeah and and um megabyte is like a mafia boss in mainframe like, yeah why the heck yeah. would he pay her her full wage that that's weird yeah and who steps out of nowhere a like purpley pink kind of sprite with like cool arm gauntlet buckles yep she's wearing some uh wearing some tight black leggings, a white tank top. She's her got, ass uh, is right. In the, right <laughs> her ass is right frame. in the camera. <laughs> I do like uh, it, long it's nails. A, it's a pretty shapely, shapely uh, derriere. It's a shapely 3D derriere. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's got, as I mentioned, she's got some biceps and some abs and her hair is really cool. It's, uh, she's cool. It, yeah. Yeah. Her, she's got like glowing red hair, but it has this texture of like white noise in it. It's like busy. Yeah. It's kind of like the static, um, of a channel that you don't receive. Exactly. It's like yeah. orange. Yeah. 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 She's a redhead. With wh- what color is that? I'm I am not great with like colors. It's not pink. It's not purple. It's what do you call that? Fuchsia. Is is that what it is? Men trying to discuss color. <laughs> fuchsia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's I'm googling gonna... fuchsia right now. I am. Yeah. I don't even know how to spell it. <sighs> fuchsia. Men actually do see in a much shorter um, spectrum than uh, women can see in. That's like scientifically like proven. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Haha. Um, it's... Oh, wait. Is it? <laughs> yes, it's it is. It's fuchsia. Hooray. I'm, going, I'm going to post a uh, uh, an image of it. Can you see her abs through her like tank top? Oh, yep. can. She likes tight clothes. I understand that. Wait a second. Is she more jacked than Bob? I yeah. didn't realize how like fit she was. So I just uh, posted... Bob's got some sort of he's got like an armor thing, but I assume he's got some abs going. But I think her arms are bigger than Bob's. Yeah. I need to I need to pay attention to this episode because if she's got <laughs> she's got bigger pythons than Bob, I'm I'm impressed. Well, Bob like works on his car and like zips over to games and like is heralded as a hero. Impressed <laughs> is the word that we're using to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually like I, I'm uh, I'm a lot thirstier for uh, for mouse <laughs> after watching this episode than I than I thought I would be. I don't know. You and Aiden were pretty thirsty f- for this episode. <laughs> uh, um, so she has an icon, but it's on her belt, and it's different. Or it is, is a, it? It is a triangle. It is not a circle. It is a triangle with a with a square, like a diamond in the middle. Yeah, and it's not like two tone, like other people's are. It just it's just white. Yeah. What the heck? Huh. Uh, hmm. It's a small detail, but it's something that will probably come up later in the sh- in the series. Oh, really? Oh, I'm yeah. glad I noticed why it was different. Yeah, I like her arm. Like, like it's just for show. Like, there's no like purpose to her arm. Like, uh, what are they called? Van brace or whatever. Um. Her like forearm like armor buckles. They they're just cool. She's uh she's kind of got a got like a f- man. So anyway, sorry. Um, moving onwards, as she kind of she's all like, oh hey, she sugar, is definitely she is most de- she is most definitely fuchsia. By the way, okay, good. <laughs> we learned a color today, everyone. <laughs> so as she walks past uh, Mega Breath, she's like, oh, hold your horses. And he's like, well, how did you get in here? And she's like, oh, I have my ways. And she walks past him. And... Sway, swaying her hips back and forth. And, like, it's supposed to be sexy. And, like, I'm into this character. But, like, her, the way, like, 
it's they really don't animate people yet. They no, they don't, and it actually looks more uh, hilarious than sexy. <laughs> but yeah, she she walks in this like really like exaggerated like swaying her hips back and forth fashion as she walks past megabyte and as she walks past megabyte megabyte actually like leans over and visibly checks her out yeah he lean he's in his um hover chair and he like leans over and his eyes like open wide and he like shamelessly like ogles <laughs> her and i'm like huh okay <laughs> huh show for six-year-olds <laughs> right uh i i'm his Prob- eyes completely wide as a good screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to make that the show art. <laughs> oh, his eyes bulging out of his, his head? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow, they do, really do bulge out of his, <laughs> his head. And uh, he wipes his mouth and he's like, I, I see. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. And um, much like Aiden and Christopher, uh, he wipes his mouth. <laughs> and she, like, puts her hands on Hack and Slash's shoulder. Hack and or Slash. Yeah. And she, like, does a like a, a somersault, like, flip, like, acrobatic move over them. And into this, like, yellow t- hover tank looking thing. Yeah, it's the, the same... Slash, it's the same hover tanks that we've seen uh, many times so far, but we've never seen a yellow one before. Oh, is it actually the same? I thought it was a different craft. Uh, I think like it's ba- I think it's basically the same model that they've at- just added a few things to. Mm. But the the basic yeah the basic form of it is the same. It's a hover tank painted yellow. <laughs> yep. And Hack and Slash are like whoa. Pretty lady touched me. She touched me first. <laughs> or something thirsty like that. Yeah, something like that. And Megabyte's uh, like, what a charming young lady. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he tells them that uh, she's in charge, but, you know, if she double crosses them, you know, fuck her up. Fuck her up, yeah. And they're like, you bet. <laughs> Great one, boss. <laughs> and, they, and I feel like I'm like, well, like she's like 20 feet away. And then it shows a vid window pop up with her inside of this craft, this like hover tank thing. And the back door's open. And I'm like, Megabyte, your your voice carries, dude. <laughs> somebody who also has a deep voice, like you're when you're trying to be quiet, you're you're still not quiet. <laughs> like people can hear you across the room. But I feel like Mouse 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 likes to be in control of most things, so she knows the she knows the deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and she calls like, him big guy, and she's all like, uh, "This is a a great piece of hardware you got here. It's real big and fast, and muscular and veiny." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's all like, "Yeah, this is the the best piece of equipment I've got, uh, sister. That money can afford, babe." <laughs> and then he says something. Uh, the compression field, however, is quite unstable. You must be careful in there. Or and she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unpleasant ac- accidents and all that." I read the owner's manual. Can we go already? And I'm like, "No. Tell me, me viewer wants to know." <laughs> but, <laughs> Remember, it's better to show, not tell. And that's what the the show actually does. 
Yeah, that's what they they tell you in like they first try. year screenwriting. Um, Which it, then everyone inevitably doesn't understand and fails to do anyway. Well, and it's also not. It's great advice for. It's good advice for like first year students. Uh, it is definitely not gospel, however. Um, you can definitely tell in like TV shows and movies, though, when they're not listening to that. Yeah, and. It, and games to some it's extent. more yeah it's the point is like it, it's more of a guy like it's good for uh people when they're first like starting out writing screenplays and teleplays but it and is most catch def- yourself it is most definitely not like gospel it, it's more of a guideline because there are times where you can tell as opposed to showing and that can be effective depending on the type of story you're writing yeah look at um tarantino's entire career <laughs> <laughs> Right. His movies are about people talking and telling you what happened. Yeah, or uh, Kevin Smith's movies. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. the The entirety of his movies are basically people sitting around, like talking. Yeah, yeah, telling. and yeah, and the dude made Clerks, which is one of the quintessential '90s films. Yeah, i I feel like Clerks too, um, had no. Like ha- had no like reason to be that good. Like I, I feel like Clark it was substantially really, really good. good. Yeah, I was very surprised. I was like, oh man, here we go. Why why are they making a second one? But I I, I think I, I think all ar- I think all around Clerks Two is uh, uh, I I won't hang on this for too long uh, so we can get back to the episode. But I feel like Clerks Two is probably Kevin Smith's all around best film. Yeah. It, Actually, it, I'm comfortable saying that too. It's pretty great. It it takes like all of the best elements of all of his previous films, and yes, like, it, it cherry picks the best out of his entire filmography and puts them together in a really effective manner. And I, I don't think he's made a better movie since. Uh, yeah, actually, completely agree. That was that's that's one of my favorite like comedies. <laughs> And I, I actually don't feel I feel like anybody could watch it. Like I don't feel like you need to be a Kevin Smith fan to like that movie. That was one of the things with uh uh his latest film, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which I did actually like quite a bit. But I, I when I was explaining it to someone, I said, I'm like Picture this scenario. So imagine you're you know, sitting around with a bunch of your buddies, like drinking beer and like just reminiscing about like all the good times you had like 15 years ago. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're, yeah, you're having a great time. Woo. Now. So like, if you're one of those guys, then like, you're going to have a great time in that scenario. But oh, yeah. if you're say a like 20 year old hanging out with like your dad and his buddies as they do that. Wow. That's a really good analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Then you're probably not going to have that great of a time with it. So like with that movie, like your, your level of enjoyment depends entirely on having a pre-existing relationship with Kevin Smith's films and characters. That's probably the best summary for for uh, more than one of his movies, but particularly that one. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it weird that, like, he created 
do you know what I mean? Like, uh, like Tarantino's films, some people say they are all in the same universe, but like for most part, they're all standalone, right? Yeah. But like Kevin Smith has like the Kevin Smith universe, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, and the, the more you watch his movies, called. yeah. What do they call it? The View Universe. Oh, see, I, I'm not familiar <laughs> enough to have known that. And I feel like that's kind of a feat. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's quite an accomplishment to to have yeah, he, this self-referencing he, humor in your own movies that works so well because people that watch your movies are there to for exactly that. It's yeah, he he has the original uh cinematic universe shared cinematic universe <laughs> the kevin smith cinematic universe totally yeah yeah he, I, agree, he was, I agree he was doing it like 15 years before marvel was i don't even know how we started talking about this <laughs> i don't know but let's get back to reboot yeah. so, uh, anybody I, I, it's not like anybody listening to this is going to be like 21 right fair, like yeah. Uh well hey if if you're young out there come and visit us on like Facebook and be like um actually <laughs> I was born like years after this and I love it let let us know because we're I'm, just assuming everybody's like 35 that's listening to this I'm sure there's at least one probably not many more than that but oh, I, I ran one. into yeah I ran into a cashier and she's like oh what what's your shirt from I forgot to mention this um. And I was wearing uh, the Too Much Energon shirt. And the nice. thing is, it's very catchy. Like, it's it's colorful. It's got Christopher and I as, like, characters on the front of it. It's kind of a good conversational piece. And what makes it, too, is even though it does have text on the top, the picture is kind of, like, what's painting the the message, right? Yeah. And um, it has Christopher riding Rhinox and, and me on a... Uh, Speaking of clerks, <laughs> and me on a terror board, but it's kind of cartoonized in a style similar to the Clark the clerks cartoon. Yeah, and it works really the sharp, sharp line work. And uh, kudos to the the artist. And she's like, "Oh, what's that for?" And I kind of say very loosely. I don't like hyper nerd out and start talking about it. I'm just like, "Oh, well, uh, it's some art." Um, that my friend did for uh, our podcast. It's called like, Too Much Energon. And uh, it's one of the podcasts we where we talk about a certain like 90s cartoon, this one being uh, Beast Wars. And we have another one uh, that we talk about, like Reboot. And that caught her like attention. And she's like, oh, I used to watch Reboot when I was like young, but it was like already over when I was like old enough to like start watching it, so I had to find it online. And I'm like, hey, come and come and like listen to it and she actually like wrote down what it was called has oh, an nice. easy enough to remember name and i was like there you go there's like a 19 year old that was kind of interested so even though she had never even heard of beast wars <laughs> i just kind of like gave her a very quick little spiel of of both of the the shows anyone well, listening to this that doesn't know we have a a beast wars podcast by the way well, cashier... Which we only plug once or twice <laughs> every podcast. So, uh, cashier girl, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. Yeah. Uh, and if so you're a... not, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a satellite dish comes down and shoots a green laser at the the yellow hover tank, the taxi tank, if you will. 
<laughs> crazy taxi. The, okay, I'm gonna refer to it as the taxi tank from from yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a taxi tank. It doesn't have weapons, so yeah. might as well be right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it shoots this green laser at the taxi tank and shrinks it down. Holy shit! And then uh, Megabyte takes a literal turkey baster. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking turkey baster. Baster, yeah. Uh, and sucks the uh, the shrunken uh, uh, taxi tank into it and then laughs to himself and is all like, oh, yes. Oh, wait, wrong, <laughs> wrong mega dude. Anyway, mega dump, <laughs> wrong mega dump. Uh, he reaches Megabyte. through one of those remote windows, remember? Oh yeah, yeah. That, From uh, like episode one or two, the the one stupid one where he gives Enzo a package. Oh yeah, the the stupid like uh, uh, explosive mask episode. Yeah, and remember we were like, wait, why doesn't he just make a remote window into Hexadecimal Space? Yeah, but I guess you and I had discussed it. Someone has to receive it, like openly receive it. Yeah, and Sergeant Smiley he receives the turkey baster. There's a vid window up with a very happy looking viral binome. <laughs> Interesting to note that this is technology we've only ever seen Megabyte and his cronies use. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's just something he can do now. Good yeah, point. It's like a vir- viral thing, and it's only ever been him activating it. Yeah. Hmm. And he's mm. all like, he's all like, uh. Here's the dropper. You know what to do. <laughs> you know what to do. And he winks. <laughs> and uh, uh, Sergeant Smiley on the other side is like, it's a pleasure, sir. And yep. Uh, yep. He yells at him and the game is finished and it says game over. Yep. And binomes are cheering and Bob is there and he's beside his car for some reason. And it's our old pal, Took guy. This, this... Yeah, Took guy is there. Toot oh, guy. so top hat guy. I, I think Toot guy is my favorite extra in this show at this point. He's just, yeah, he's just happy to be around, you know? Yeah, uh, at this point, like, anytime I see him in an episode, I'm like, I'm always like, hey, it's Toot guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A binome I never noticed, but definitely notice every time now. Now, oh, yeah. I'm just happy to be along for the ride, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there's a... um. Behind Bob, there is a vending machine that has zip boards in it. Is that what that is? And it even has the letter uh, Z or Z for Amer- all you American listeners, which are most of our listeners. <laughs> so it's a vending machine where people can like purchase zip boards. Yeah, that is some that's some future tech shit right there. Ah, oh, must be a vending machine from Japan. <laughs> The future tech of AD 1994. <laughs> the future is now. Bow, 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 bow. My 1994. favorite. <laughs> my favorite tagline for anything in the history of ever is Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. I knew this was coming. Go ahead. <laughs> and the, the tagline for it, it. Okay, so this game came out in 2013, and the tagline was, the year is 2007. It is the future. Ellipsis. (laughs) (laughs) 
in what was it the second vietnam war <laughs> right. yeah the, the uh, vietnam war 2 in like the year 2000 like completely destroyed the world <laughs> and like america annexed canada <laughs> you know what's funny that is like the third or fourth like kind of like dystopian cyberpunk or like retro punk future a retro dystopian future where like Canada like inevitably always becomes annexed by America when the once the world starts crumbling Fallout does that that's like established like lore in like the Fallout verse is that yeah, Canada I mean, just like completely got annexed by the US as soon as I shit mean, started going down it'll probably happen <laughs> oh yeah realistically we we are there afraid... won't be any reason to fight it either cuz Canadians don't see the point in like like what would we be holding on to? There's not a lot of patriot patriotism in, in this country. No, not really. There's like there's like dubious patriotism in this country. And what I mean by that is people being like, "Oh yeah, Canada, my Tim Hortons and uh Maple Leafs, eh?" Like fucking trailer park boys, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Like there's oh yeah, those those them stupid Americans, eh? Like there like there's that kind of like yay Canada patriotism, but it like it's pretty dubious cuz it like it's meaningless. So I back in my university days before I dropped out. Um and sometime before hey, I, I dropped out too, so and it wasn't until years later, looking back and analyzing everything, I was like, huh, I did not know that I was depressed during college. Good mm. times. Not really. No. Um, but one of the things I did when I was gung-ho was take, like, do, like, polls for psychology and for sociology and poli-sci and all that bullshit, right? Yeah. And one I did was, in, like, in a single sentence... Um, what makes what differentiates Canadians? Like, how do you identify as Canadian? And honestly, like, something like eighty to ninety percent said that we're not Americans. Yeah, that sounds about right. But it's like, and what does that even mean? Not being something as part of your identity feels really weak to me. <laughs> well, yeah, because like it's kind of a non-answer too. Because it's like, well, like, what does that even mean? really yeah it's like that kind of goes to show that like it's weird america thinks they're like the best country in the world and they like shoot their guns and yell like yeehaw and like you know they they love their freedoms and stuff and then for canadians to be like oh well we're not like dumb americans i feel like that's a lot weaker of a type of like patriotism like at least Americans know who they are and they're proud of who they are. And to deny that they are like economically speaking one of the most like successful I, that's not the right word, but one of the the better countries to uh to live in. Um you can't deny that. You can't deny that it has no, a very rich history on the world stage, right? You can't deny that it has very iconic um his, historical significance and like monuments and it's it's interesting that 
all Canadians kind of harbor this kind of like very low key, like low energy, like lazy type of resentment towards the, <laughs> towards our our southern neighbors. Not real resentment. Like we we don't actually dislike them. It's like kind no. of like how when they say, "Oh, you're from Canada, today, eh? Oh, you uh, you live in igloos and uh, you like maple syrup, eh?" It's like that. It's that low level, like the way you kind of like jab, take a jab at a neighbor. Oh, yeah, <laughs> nice yeah. monopoly money up there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what the fuck? Why are we even talking about this? We're talking about reboot. We are talking about reboot. Let's get back to it. Jesus. Uh, so Dot shows up and is all like, "Hey Bob, have you seen Enzo? I lost sight of him when the GameCube hit, and oh shit, Enzo charges right into Bob, and she's all like, oh, never mind.' Now we get a back shot of Dot's oh. butt, a lot yeah. more shapely, I must say. Yeah, not... take back what I said before. They're not comparable." Yeah, not uh She's not wearing the them uh them sweet She's not uh, wearing yoga pants. That's that, true. Maybe then, if she was wearing yoga pants. Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. She's wearing her like beige pantsuit with like the weird like corduroy like detailing on the sides and shoulder pads. That's how you know that she's presenting that's, a powerful silhouette. That, yeah, that's how you know that she's a serious businesswoman. It's because of the them fucking shoulder pads. <laughs> well, we always see Jake na- naked, jacked, like Megabyte. I'm trying to get a look at Bob here. But anyway, speaking of Megabyte, he like opens a vid window and there's like a spy versus spy, like binom, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, hanging I- out. He's literally holding like a, a camera, I think. Binoculars yeah. or something? B- binoculars, yeah. And he's wearing a trench coat and a uh, uh, a fedora. And it's playing this like little like kind of spy music, like mysterious music. And I actually really dig it. Yeah, I-, I like it too. Oh, I just realized his binoculars on his end go into one single like like lens because he has one eye. Yeah. He's a yeah. one binome. One thing but- I'm going to point out too is like I've been pretty... I've been pretty hard on this show so far. Yeah, me this too. Podcast. Um, I actually really like the music. I think the music and the this sound design is, is really actually good. great. Yeah, like uh, I like this little spy music a lot. Um, I really like Captain Capacitor's theme from the Crimson Binome. Uh, back in the episode, the Tiff during uh, Bob's like drunken boredom montage with oh, Mike the, the clock. TV. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually uh I actually use that as like transition music during uh the episode the uh, of the Crimson Binome where I Oh yeah, gave, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I gave a little PSA talking about uh, uh the technical issues we had and I put that music in behind it to kind of like that to to meld them together the two recording sessions together. Yeah, so the the music for the show really well done and the sound effects for the show like just the sound design in of itself is like so clean and impactful like we yeah we actually have to we should give props to to the sound design and the composers and they're still called composers right even if it's synthetic uh synthesized yeah it's it's Uh, great good job guys 
Yeah. Good job, people that made this show <laughs> 26 years ago. We we applaud you. <laughs> yeah. Good good job, sound guys. Uh, voice acting, ev- everything to do with sound is man. You know what? No, like the the 3D design, the sound, the voice acting. Like this show is pretty phenomenal. We can make fun of individual episodes, but what each episode, even a bad one, what each episode accomplishes is is pretty amazing. Yeah, the only thing that I, I will really criticize about this show is the writing is, and how inconsistent it is. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially after we just watched, um, we did too much Energon and we were like blown away by the the, di- the writing quality of the dialogue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, may- yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. The monkeys are restless and my dog has fleas. Over. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing is all of um all of the viral informants for Megabyte, they all use this code. Yeah. But like it's frustrating to Megabyte because like he's not in on it. <laughs> and he gets angry about it. And it's like, oh man, let them let them be spies. <laughs> I, I I actually really like that kind of over the top, like sitcom y um <laughs> like pseudo spy coded dialogue that you would see in a lot of old shows, like in um, uh, Mash is the one that I'm thinking uh-huh. of immediately. When the uh, the character uh, Colonel Flag shows up periodically throughout the series. Oh yeah, Colonel Flag, hilarious character. <laughs> uh, but he's this kind of like this really like stoic, but kind of stupid thinks he kind of dude who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, but he's actually quite very much an he's idiot the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he always, he, he always talks in this like kind of spy, like coded manner. And I remember in one episode <laughs> he said, he gets a uh, radar to send a telegram. And I think he says something along the lines of, uh, Mary had a little lamb stop my dog has fleas stop <laughs> mersey dotes and dozy dotes and i'll be home for christmas <laughs> signed your loving son queen victoria oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's an example of a show without much the writing completely made it the writing and the performances yeah or the the actor yeah yeah because it's not, yeah, it, it, it's not a particularly like high I mean, production. Pro- yeah, yeah. I mean, props yeah. to the um, uh, to the art department and the set designers because like. It, oh, they pull it off. Yeah. Yeah. It, it looks convincing for what it is. But like on a technical level, that show isn't impressive, really. In and, any and way. it doesn't need to be. So no, what it, it needs doesn't to fall to back on is the the actors and the the writing. Um much like this show. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> um, but it is quite a spectacle to behold. Uh, yeah. You know what? So... We were talking about ray tracing and like, like the, the metallic surfaces, and you can definitely see the them experimenting with that on reboot. Yeah, and it really like. Um, it really starts to shine in Beast Wars, I find. 
Yeah, I was actually thinking earlier when I was watching this, I'm like, the lighting is kind of interesting. The lighting effects in this episode are kind of interesting. Yeah, you can see them messing around with it. Uh, unfortunately, Beast Wars doesn't have a big, vibrant, like, like world to show it off. It's kind of like, for the most part, a drab, like, big brown landscape, brown <laughs> landscape, or a giant green fuzzy JPEG stretched out to look like a jungle in the distance. Yeah, or it's you know, a uh, snow binome or binome biome. <laughs> <laughs> Damn yeah. it, I screwed up the joke. What? <laughs> oh, well. Oh, you works. screwed up the joke. It would have been a hilarious joke. Let, let me take <laughs> a minute or two to explain that, why, uh, why it was so funny. Why it was so funny. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of funny, uh, Megabyte is now talking to uh, another uh, spy oh, right. binome. This guy. This one's a zero binome. <laughs> And he's yeah. wearing like a Groucho Marx. Uh, not quite. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, one of those Groucho Marx uh, disguises, like with the, the big the glasses, fake nose and the round glasses. And the uh, the fake mustache. <laughs> if you can't stand the heat, go to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and get it fixed. Over. And Megabyte like taps a button on his like hover chair. And the, his vid window glows white and you hear screaming. <laughs> <laughs> so presumably uh what is that telling us like obviously he shocked him right but yeah. how sorcery <laughs> viral sorcery yep it's the the only possible explanation and poor uh poor groucho binome like fixes his fedora and his groucho marks uh, get up, and he's like, oh, they're they're on their way to level thirty-one, sir." Yep, and so and he we... contacts Smiley again, and Mega Dump is like, "Smiley, they're on their way." I love Smiley. <laughs> and so we we cut to Al's diner, and uh, uh, our heroes sit down at a table, and Al's waiter is all like, uh, "So, Bob, what'll it be?" And he orders one quantum shake. <laughs> yep. I'm going to bring up in just a moment why I think that's funny, but we're not quite there yet. Oh, okay. Um, and so the... Are they uh, bugs in this place? Puh. Uh, yeah, you'd think it was Victoria or something. Okay. Okay, <laughs> here, here's the thing. People in Victoria get so defensive and, like, whiny about, like, dogs, and they think dogs should be allowed everywhere, and dogs yeah. should have the same rights as people. There are people allergic to dogs, and they don't want, like, like animal dander, like, floating around in the room, landing in their food. Yeah, for the listeners, uh, uh, me and Cal live in Victoria, British Columbia, and at some point in the past several years like people just started i don't know when this happened but people just started like taking their dogs into like shopping malls and stores and stuff like i throughout my entire life it's always been a thing like oh only service dogs are allowed and uh -huh. that's understandable but at some point like within the past like five or six years or whenever like people just started bringing their dogs into stores and no one did anything about it but then a couple of years ago, I think it was like last year or the year before, uh, 
if you're listening to this, like in the far off future, in like t- 2018 or 2019, somewhere around there, uh, the city uh, banned dogs from uh, shopping malls and stores and like big box stores and whatnot. Which is weird and- because I th- like, why would they need to say that? Weren't they not allowed in there anyway? Yeah, that that was the point of banning it. That was my yeah, that was my thought too. But so many people threw such a fucking tiff over this. Yes, and like even now, like I work in a store. Even now, like people will still try and just bring their dogs into the store, and it's like, no, you can't do that. Produce and meats and people with allergies, like everywhere, like. Yeah, it's it's this really weird phenomenon that like I'm like, how did this even become a thing? Like, think what is the, like, what is this fucking city that we live in? So, uh, we are at Al's Diner. Bob just ordered the Quantum Shake, and uh, do we have a name for the 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 guy behind the counter? Or is he just like like the Al's? Uh, he's like, just Al's waiter. Waiter, yeah. Yeah, I think we and, talked um, about that on a previous episode. Cause, we, uh, we did, yeah. We never yeah. learned his name. Yeah, it's on the. I ended up looking on the the reboot wiki afterward, oh. and he is actually just credited as uh, uh, Al's waiter. Al's waiter. Fun <laughs> and, fact: uh, though, he's voiced by Gary Chalk, the voice of Optimus Primal, and either Hack or Slash, whichever one is which. Oh, he he does not sound like those characters. Huh, good for him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the waiter yells, um, "Al, quantum shake," or something like that. And no, he just yells "Al," and then before um, he can even say the order, I think Smiley, that little viral by gnomes, he's like, "Coming right up," and like an Al's voice. Yeah. And the waiter's like, "Oh, Al's quick today," and he goes to turn to look at him, and Al like, uh, the Smiley like lowers his face. And it shows um, some viral binomes in the back where the kitchen is, and they have Al tied up like with a rope completely. So all yeah. we can see is his face. But we can assume that he's a, a, a one binome given the yeah. shape of him. He's very like rectangular, and he's the same height as the two uh, one binomes holding, uh, tying him up. It, so... It's funny. It's funny that he's tied up completely to the point that we can't see anything but like his legs because like it just it keeps the joke of never seeing what al looks like going like tim the tool man uh taylor's uh neighbor yeah neighbor yeah wilson Wilson. (laughs) you only ever see his eyes i think you see his mouth his full face in the final episode it's what i've heard i don't know i've never actually seen it but those urban myths (laughs) maybe and um yeah it shows smiley deviously like dropping uh, with the turkey baster, um, a single drop into the quantum shake, yeah, and he drops it in like one of those like um, pressurized tubes that were famous in like office buildings in like what was that the seventies or eighties? Yeah, we are in the in a slow food place, yeah. And uh, the waiter walks over and he goes to give it to uh, to Bob, but Frisket is there. And he sniffs the air and he growls like he instinctually knows there's something wrong with the shake. Yeah. So the the I found the quantum thing funny because that is what they drop the uh, the shrunken down ship into. So it's like this. They the ship is uh, the 
the taxi tank is shrunk down to a like subatomic size and dropped into a shake called a quantum shake. Uh, so it's just a play on it being small. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Doesn't Enzo like be like, hey, can I get a sip? Yep. Yeah, that's how this whole thing happens. And yeah, he, he, drink, he drinks he it in. first sip, too. Like, that's weird. It's not your drink, bud. Yeah, when you're mooching off someone else, you get the last sip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, or a mid-sip. And he's like, ah, oh, pure energy. And it shows the, uh, what was it? The, the taxi tank? The hover taxi? Yeah, the, the taxi tank. Um, go tumbling into, presumably, his tum-tum. <laughs> Which but it hovers. This looks really weird because, like... Kind of gross and wet. <laughs> well, it's... The inside of Enzo's mouth is completely black, but you see his teeth that are kind of just like they're floating there in... Oh, yeah. Non-existent space. <laughs> kind of weird. Yeah. It's like uh, something out of an Ubisoft game. <laughs> <laughs> Skull face. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, sometimes, you know, uh, face doesn't render and you're just left with horrifying teeth and eyeballs. The inside of him is like a wet green, like tech. I don't really know how to describe it, but a cross between like xenomorph and like a, a biotech kind of, I, I don't, do you know what I mean? Like it's all like kind of circuitry, but it's all smooth and green and wet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's evocative of something, but I can't quite place what it is. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling too. I just noticed that Mouse has I I don't really know what it is, almost like like scarification or tattoos or something around her eyes and forehead. Do you yeah, know what I mean she, like that design and on her shoulder? Yeah, I was just going to say she has one on her shoulder as well. Yeah, it looks like uh branding. Or scarification. Some sort yeah, like design or something. Almost almost like a mask, but it doesn't close over the bridge of her nose. I mean, I'm telling you, if you uh if you wanted to to turn down Mouse's hotness factor to me, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> How about the blue lipstick? Uh nope. How about the um small samurai like Wakazashi in her boot. Uh, I just noticed that. That I could go... I, I could take or leave. Ah, <laughs> oh, the swords don't do it for you. Well, that that makes one of us. <laughs> and no, I'm, um, I, I'm more into S-words, personally. <laughs> S-words, so sharks. <laughs> Shaber. <laughs> it began with a bloody S. <laughs> So for some reason they end up in Enzo's presumably his brain. Yeah. And yeah, gonna jump into the brain here. There's some banter between Mouse and Megabreath. The the brain scape looks pretty cool. It it is. This is some lawnmower man like shit going on here. Like there's all these neurons everywhere. And um Megabyte gets like super excited about it. He's like, There it is. And I guess this is when he reveals what's going on. He wants um, supercomputer 
um, like network codes or yeah. access codes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's why he, he did this whole thing. And he says, not, not to mention the additional bonus of making Bob his own personal servant. So presumably, not only will he get what's the information inside of Bob's brain, he can control him after this. Oh yeah, I guess... Yeah, I guess I just just realized that up until this point, the episode hasn't even really explained what the fuck the point of all of this is. No, it it just explained his motivation like right now. Or like what even like what Mouse was even doing beyond shrinking down, going on a fantastic mm. voyage. <laughs> fantastic it is. Slide, and the slippity slide. The hover <laughs> tank like for taxi drops a like a beacon or some sort of equipment onto um Enzo's brain and it's all kind of like circuit so it's like half biological half like mechanical half technological technorganic if you will technorganic yeah and then um the back of the taxi opens up and hack and slash are there and they immediately fall into a divot with like a, a neuron like like passing info yeah and she's like quit fucking around you guys fuck around too much <laughs> and they they do and they're like sorry ma'am yeah because they're punish like, us? <laughs> yeah they look like they're bouncing on a trampoline together and yeah, then uh like one of enzo's nodes yeah, which causes Enzo to like freak the fuck out and do some like weird ass maneuvers. Some Michael Jackson like dances on the counter. Yep. And Bob and Dodd are kind of like looking on in shock and they're like, Enzo, stop that. And he's and all he's like, like I-, I can't help it. My body's moving on its own. It's kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of cool. And um, then he kind of goes, uh, 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 and like phases out. He goes almost in stasis lock, if you will. <laughs> and he just kind of like goes rigid and falls off like the table. And uh, yeah. But uh, his sister doesn't like it. And so they take him to go see Fong. Yeah. And uh, Fong is all like, oh, very strange indeed. It reminds me of this one time. And they're like, uh, dude, can you just do some tests on him? Like, spare the <laughs> wise old man bullshit for once. Right. And he's like, oh, right. Wise idea, my son. Yeah. So he opens up his little stomach cabinet and pulls out a Star Trek phase pistol. <laughs> well, yeah, basically. <laughs> what it looks like. It looks like a phaser from the original series. He a sticks it into tool. It sticks it into Enzo's ear, and uh, apparently it allows him to see into... En- his in- fucking brain. <laughs> into his fucking brain. Like, right into his brain, like 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 nanometers, nanocycles. Of, I'm not even sure what the word, but like apparently it also like enhances things to like a, a molecular scale. Like atomic yeah. scale, because this thing not only does it go right into his head, it zooms in and goes right up to hack and slash, like near this weird generator looking thing. So, we presumably wondered... that's the device to control the brain. So, we wondered, uh, what was it, the last episode, Enzo the Smart? Uh huh. That was the last one. I don't know. 
No, it wasn't. It was the one before that. We wonder just how fucking stupid Enzo actually is if, like, the entire town of Mainframe being half as intelligent as him are, like, practically non-functional as beings. Um, (laughs) Well, so uh, the implication here is that Enzo has a pretty, uh, pretty hollow head. Oh yeah, much, because doesn't have much up there. There's a lot of room from where his presumably they're on the surface of his brain. Yeah, but there's like in the terms in relation to hack and slash and mouse, there's like hundreds and hundreds of feet before the ceiling of where his head is. Yeah, like it's mostly empty space. Yeah, so we have our answer. Enzo is really fucking stupid. Uh, yep, and um, yet yeah, Fong kind of gasps and pulls. The device out. Oh, uh, hack and or slash say, "Hey, that's invading our privacy." Oh, <laughs> which made me laugh as they're as they're invading like Enzo's brain. Yeah, cunts. <laughs> um, and then yeah, Fong whips the device out of Enzo's brain, and he's like, "Uh," and Bob and Dot are like, "What?" And he's like, "I j- I just saw hack and slash." Um, hang uh. My cat is meowing and clawing at the window, so I'm going to go let him in. Uh, just keep okay. talking. Yeah. Uh, hack and slash. Ladies and gentlemen, are inside of his brain. Uh, it didn't appear that Fong saw Mouse. So it's kind of like keeping that as a surprise. Uh-oh. Well, while Christopher's getting his cat, my partner is using the microwave, and that makes my headset crackle and break up so gotta wait for a second there we go yep all right and i'm back me too yeah yep. so fong says hack and slash are inside enzo's head dun, 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 dun. Kind of like what <laughs> I like how he doesn't see Mouse because that still wants to be left as a surprise. Yeah. Because it has has been established that uh, Bob knows Mouse. She was... Mm -hmm. uh, We learned about that a few episodes ago. And they're all like, well, we gotta do something and get him out of there. And Bob's like, do you have a data compression command? And he says, uh, Fong says, no, but I've got an old BPEG. Whatever that is. It's it's an older... Is it like an like, MPEG, but older? Uh, I, I, <laughs> anybody listening can correct me, but I think that's kind of just made up for the show. I, I googled it earlier, like yesterday, oh, okay. and couldn't find anything. And I googled it alongside reboot, and it just kind of described it as being literally the old, like a, a less efficient version of a data compression uh, format. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, that's what he says on the show. And Bob's like, "Okay, I'm going in." Yeah, and Enzo is all like, oh, so Bob's going to shrink down and go inside my head and battle Hack and Slash? And Dot's like, yep. And he's like, cool. 
Rad. And she's all like, I'm going in too. And Enzo's like, no, please, I need someone to stay with me. And she's like, oh, all right, fucking kid. See, that doesn't make sense to me because it's like, well, I mean, Bob will be more likely successful if they both go in. And technically she will be there with you. Also, yeah. why does he want somebody to hold his hand? I don't know. Maybe Do you know if... what I mean? Like, that's weird. I think that's just a device to get Bob in there alone. Could be. But I mean, like, in the chance that they fail and Enzo dies, he's going to die alone. Whereas if Dot stays, at least he's going to die with his sister at his side. Well, if you want to put it that way. <laughs> uh, so in, inside Enzo's head, uh, Mouse is all like deploying neural matrix scrambler. Oh. Which is some tech, which is some dumb like techno babble, but I find it kind yeah. of funny because Enzo's surname is Matrix. Yeah, and Dot and Enzo's surname is Matrix. <laughs> yeah, but she thinks she's in Bob. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the taxi tank, uh, which looks different Ew, now. Gross. No, no, no. That's the device it dropped. Oh, okay. Right. It, uh, had, it was it was towing a device, and this is the thing used to like dig for information and control the brain. Hack and Slash were kind of like setting it up earlier. Oh, yeah. It's got like tendrils. Yeah, so some hoses come out of it, four on either (laughs) side, that kind of look like spider legs come out and attach into uh, uh, Enzo's brain matter. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, start sucking juice. (laughs) Start sucking juice. (laughs) And uh, Megabyte's like, at last, the sequence is complete. And I'm like, how is he vid-windowing? Is it, or is he just talking to them, like, over radio? Yeah, maybe he just has some connection to the, the hover taxi. And um, he's kind of got a big vid-window in front of him with, like, the schematic, a loose schematic of how, like, Bob's body is laid out. and yeah. And he's all like, at last, uh, access to the supercomputer. And he presses some buttons and we hear Enzo's voice being like, all right, guys, remember, the password is belly button and no girls allowed. Yeah, and I I love that. (laughs) Megabyte's like, belly button, no girls allowed? The fuck (laughs) is this? (laughs) The fuck? It sounded like a child. I like how clueless he is right there like i mean who else could possibly sound like that and then you hear enzo again presumably these are like the memories of enzo in voice format coming through yeah on mega mega breaths uh vid window and you hear enzo again say i'm sorry mrs dithers my dog ain't my homework yeah slingshot what slingshot and his face is like morphing and bouncing around. Yeah, it looks really weird. Yeah, painful. Basic, I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> and so Bob is in this like I don't know, like hover bike thing. I don't know. Um yeah, he's in this like little uh uh craft and he gets shrunk down and it's kind of like a shittier Tron bike. Yeah, but it's not exactly like uh it's not exactly a motorcycle cuz he lies down in it like on his stomach and it has a dome that goes over and it doesn't have wheels. 
I guess nothing yeah, in the show has wheels, but like the the Tron bikes, <laughs> the the Tron bikes, you kind of like lay down and like go forward, right? And a lot of like super bikes are kind of kind of like that. Yeah. But regardless, it's it's kind of like a weird like almost reminds me of like the loader exoskeleton in Aliens, but like yeah. in a little bike form. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, we've actually seen one of those in this show, so <laughs> Oh yeah. Yeah. I am sending you my um favorite uh screenshot for the uh the episode. All right. There you are, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I may very well make that the show art. Yeah, it's at. Um, I had to rewind, pause it, rewind, pause it, just to get like perfect on that. It's at approximately like twelve minutes and seven seconds, six seconds. I don't know why I find that so fucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh... His fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listeners, I'm gonna make that the uh, the show art. So what we're laughing about is the the art that you'll be seeing attached to this episode. <laughs> if you're listening to it on something like, say, Spotify. <laughs> uh, yeah. So megabytes all like uh, go to a mirror or something, and so Enzo picks up a mirror. Oh, because he's in control of him now. Yeah. Yeah. He picks up a mirror and Megabyte's like, God damn it, you fools. You're in the wrong body. Yeah. You're in the boy. I love Something that. Something of that ilk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. So he ain't happy. Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. So Bob's in that weird <laughs> wow, shitty. Drive. Wow, Enzo just looks stoned in that one. <laughs> Basic. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I don't know why I like those faces. <laughs> faces. Much. Yeah. So oh, off it, he goes. It was actually Fantastic oh, voyage. Yeah, it was actually Mouse that was controlling Enzo then, and then Megabyte just demanded that she hand over control to him. And she did, and so now he has a couple of joysticks basically pop up. And he takes control of Enzo, and Enzo leaps through the ceiling. Leaving, like, a perfect imprint of his, like, body, like, fingers and hat. Yep, because this is a cartoon. (laughs) Yeah, and that is how the physics works. Yep. And Uh... Megabyte's like, wait a minute... I can't get codes to the supercomputer, but I can use Enzo to get access to mainframe's core. So, of course, because Enzo has access to that. Or is it just because he's already inside the principal office? That's a little nebulous. I was wondering about that. I'm like, why would this like dipshit 10-year-old have access to mainframe's core? Yeah. Like, and, and... I mean... Yeah. His sister is hot shit, but he ain't shit. 
you know. Also, like everything's like voice password protected in the yeah. like with Fong, Fong giving passwords to everything. So presumably there is a um what's that little like kind of medical like table an infirmary or a like a physician's yeah, like a little like kind of medical room that this whole scene has been taking place in. Presumably that's close enough to the the core. Yeah. Which again you'd think would have an additional layer of security, but I guess he's just jumping through walls at this point. <laughs> and that makes me that makes me wonder why can't like Mega Dump just <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just like slash through the wall and go after it himself. Uh, I'm gonna have to minimize the Discord window. I can't keep looking at those faces. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay on target. At least the core, yeah. At least the <laughs> core is like behind a giant, gigantic vault door. Yes, a comically large vault door with a huge wall, like a, a gigantic, like stone wall, and this giant, like words on it that say "Warning, Mainframe Core." And I'm like, oh, well, that will stop Enzo, right? In what sounds like it's, it sounds like Dot's voice. Like Dot's voice actress who's saying that. Oh. Yeah. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. Uh, inside uh, uh, Enzo's head, uh, Mouse is all like, we have an intruder. And Bob's like flying around in his little shitty light cycle. Oh, yeah. Does does Mouse say something like, oh, um, this wasn't in my contract, honey. When she finds out that it's actually Enzo, or yeah. no, when he's going towards the core or something like that, yeah, it shows that she's she's not in on it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, oh, I just it... noticed Mouse has like sharp, like canines, not like quite like a vampire, but like animalistic, like canines. Cool. Oh, I noticed. Oh, you noticed. <laughs> okay, uh, I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah and like, so Bob is inside Enzo's brain to save the day. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, he's all like, uh, take over my friend's brain? I don't think so, or something like that. <laughs> something Bob-like. And yeah. he's presumably shooting something at the taxi tank? I think he literally says, take over my little friend's brain. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. And Hack and Slash are here, too. And apparently they have rockets that let them fly and, like, missile launcher guns. Which yeah, I no, no one is worried about firing weaponry inside this kid's brain. Oh, no. There's, like, like no shots one? going everywhere. Not no, even not Bob? Even <laughs> <laughs> Especially not Bob. <laughs> Uh, what is he gonna get? S- stupider? Um, <laughs> and I yeah, mean, it is possible. Hack and Slash are like literally shooting missiles, missing shots terribly. Bob's not even like dodging. They like miss all their shots, and then he goes, "Whoa!" as if he just found out he's being tailed. And the way he defeats them, I swear he's done this once or twice already. Is as they're following him, he just kind of like pulls up at the last second 
right before he's about to hit something and they kind of go flying against the wall. In this case, he pulls up and they go flying back inside the the hover taxi tank. Yeah. And they fall apart in pieces. Yeah. And they literally go, how does he do that? Because that's how often this happens. <laughs> and yeah, and Mouse there. is like, hmm. And then she lifts herself out of the tank. That upper body strength just hauls herself with just her arms right out of there. Oh, yeah. And then Bob is there in some cool, I kind of wish like he just looked like this all the time. Like rode around on a bike and took care of like crime and he had this kind of like turquoise kind of metallic like suit. I'm kind of looks cool. Okay, yeah. he does got some biceps now that I see him posing there. And then uh he's like paralyzed and there's an energy beam behind him. And Mouse appeared behind him and she has something presumably similar to Glitch, maybe it, it's smaller in scope. But um, it's her gold ring, and it has that little mouse insignia on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she, like, paralyzed him with it. It is her she's green like, lantern ring. Yeah, basically. And she's like, maybe later, mister, but not on my mission. Yeah, and uh, so outside of Enzo's brain, Enzo is lumbering forward toward the door to the core, and he looks over and notices a, like, handprint identification please panel. Yeah. And he is, like, fighting for control of his body, and he's like, I said no! And Megabyte, using these, like, control sticks, he's like, oh, but I say yes. And he moves him forward. Yeah. So... Place palm on reader. Uh-huh. Make, make choice. Wait for door to open. Oh, there we go. I don't know what the choice is, but... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a choice in this no case. fair. You've got control of my brain. That's cheating. And he puts his hand on it. Now, here's the alarming part. The door opens after he puts his palm on the palm reader. Why does Enzo have access to mainframe's core? Yeah. Right? Why? He shouldn't. Why would like a for this very reason irresponsible child who's known for like making problems in mainframe have access to this door? Like, shouldn't it be like exclusively Fong and Bob? Hell, even if it was Dot, I would be skeptical. But like Enzo, that leads me to believe that anybody could open this door <laughs> except viruses. Yeah, anyone who isn't anyone but a virus can open this. Right? I like any sprite maybe because they're the only ones with like humanish hands. Binomes don't, I guess. I don't know. That's that's dumb for me. I don't understand how he was able to open this. And off he goes and there's like a gigantic bright white light like and you see a tear inside. And Fong, instead of being like, oh no, Enzo's in danger, Dot and Fong run up as the vault door slams behind him. And Fong is like, oh no, mainframe is doomed. And I feel like uh, like if it, like Dot's there, and I would have like kind of like smacked him in the back of the head and been like, and also my brother's going to die? Oh yes, but mainframe is doomed. <laughs> and I'm like, hold up. Why is mainframe doomed? That's not... Do you know? Do you know what I mean? There's a few 
inconsistencies in this episode. Be- because presumably Megabyte will fuck shit up using Enzo. I, I don't know what like. Yes. What does having like what does Megabyte even want to do with the core? Like, what is? Yeah, like, he's in mainframe. <laughs> like, if he destroys the core, he goes too. Yeah. And not only that, Enzo doesn't have a guardian key tool. He can't do anything. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, props to to Megabyte for like, uh, thinking on his feet so to speak, even though he's in his hover chair uh-huh. uh, um, in regards to like making the best of a plan, not going the way he intended it to uh, fair, <laughs> but I, I still don't really understand what he hopes to accomplish. I, now that I'm rewatching it, I there's, it's, it makes even less sense. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so mouse is kind of like, not happy with like whatever's happening, but she she goes with it and she she scroll strolls over, still inside Enzo's brain, and goes over and lifts her um her green lantern ring and only disables the uh the field around Bob's head. And she's like, let's see who our mystery hero is and takes the helmet off. I like how she phases the helmet through his head. She doesn't pull it off of his head. She just like pulls it through his head. The future is now. Yeah, the future is now. And uh, Bob's there, and he's like, Mouse? And she's like, Bob? Guardian Bob? (laughs) Yeah. Well, I haven't seen you since you gave me the... (laughs) The clap. (laughs) I I refrained (laughs) from saying anything, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And he finishes her sentence, and he's like, since I arrested you for hacking into the supercomputer. And I'm like, that is such a 90s, like, hacker thing to say. Yeah. Hacking into the supercomputer. In that, like, hackers or Johnny Mnemonic kind of (laughs) way. There you go, yeah. (laughs) Uh, How much he could only hold, like, what was it, like, 60 gigs? In his brain, like the human brain was only capable of holding, or is it less than that? I I can't remember. I haven't seen the movie since the nineties. It's been yeah, it's been some years for me. Um, and Mouse kind of looks pouty, and she's like, "I would have made it if it wasn't for you meddling kids." And he Bob's like, "Oh, you're good, Mouse, but not that good." <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he's like. Uh... Uh, why are you hacking into a kid's brain? This isn't like you. And she's like, well, no one's going to get hurt. This is a simple copy and paste job. Yeah. And uh, Bob's like, yeah, right. Megabyte's using Enzo to go into the uh, uh, mainframe's core. And she's all like, what? In a Southern Bell kind of way. And she's like, hmm. Well. And he he mentions... That not only will um, Enzo be erased, but in the power surge, like the they're in his brain, they'll, yeah. they'll be erased too. Yeah, and she's be- like, "Oh, shit, let's go check this." Yeah, Bob's and- not Bob's not exaggerating here either. He's telling the truth. Yeah, like kind of all of their. <laughs> I like the look, the like side eye she gives him. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> watched it uh what is it at the um i just saw it oh you saw it okay yeah the side uh, she glances over to like the monitor in the in the uh the hover taxi and back at him for the listeners it's at about roughly the 1750 mark in the episode but she glances at him and like gives him the side eye and then looks looks away at the uh the the ship's computer that's buzzing or something and then looks oh weird back. Yeah. yeah i have that at 18 like 45 yeah i have a different copy i have the director's cut well blow me down <laughs> yeah and she's like oh you're always good at ruining a party guardian and she like smacks her knee and yells yeehaw and He's freed from his stasis field. <laughs> she's like, well, we do have quite a buildup of radiation. So she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, this this seems legit. And she uh, she calls Meg. Huh. Some sort of floral design or. It's cool. They had fun with it. Yeah. And she's all like, what's I hear about a power surge and toasting some little kid? You know I don't do toast. <laughs> and he's it's all like, oh, line, it's... But it made me I, I like it. He, he's like, what? I'm surprised you doubt my loyalty, Mouse. We've been through so much together. Won't you believe me? He's like, who would you rather believe, Bob or me? And I'm like, really, dude? That's the bluff you're going to make? Yeah. Because here's the thing. like. Well, one, when has Megabyte not been manipulative? But two, like, Bob's sucks at lying, and he's also, even though they're at odds with each other, it's like Batman and Catwoman, right? Like, they like each other, they're attracted to each other, we know they fuck, (laughs) but she's gonna believe Bob. Yeah, totally. That's what he does. Why would Bob shrink himself, go in Tenzo's brain to lie? Actually, I think Batman and Catwoman is a great analogy for Bob and, uh, Mouse. Yeah. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. He's a do-gooder with a bunch of gadgets and you know, she just wants to make some coin and be have some mischief and you know, they're at odds every now and then, but uh they got yeah. chemistry. And after Megabyte finishes giving his spiel of who would you believe, Bob or me? She's like, that's it, I'm pulling the plug. <laughs> and turns off <laughs> cuts yeah. off, turns off the device, cutting off Megabyte's control over Enzo. And Enzo's like, fuck this, this place is too hot. Fuck that shit, I'm out. And he just he's in this room full of like surrounded by white light. Yeah. And he zips away cartoonishly. Yeah. And I, Megabyte's like yeah, and megabytes. It is stage right because he's facing us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Megabreath is like, no, no, I was so close. Oh, I just realized he has three layers of teeth. Huh. Cool. And she's like, rule. House is like rule one. Uh, never double cross me. It's funny that we're watching this now because on our other podcast, too much energy on. We uh, we we reviewed a, uh, a, a an episode where just uh, the day before we recorded this, uh, we reviewed an episode of Beast Wars where uh, uh, another character was seemingly making up like random rules that were weirdly specific to what's going <laughs> yeah. on. 
<laughs> that they probably won't even remember in a day. Yeah, exactly. It's okay, like made, so... it's like made up statistics. Yeah. We zoom in on her face. She's got some sharp canines. Um, her eyelashes are red too, much like her her hair. Yeah. Uh, her eyebrows kind of like arch, but like merge with her hairline. Yep, I dig it. Yeah, and um, she's got like a darker purple like eyeshadow like above her her eyes. Oh I, yeah, I she, dig it. Yes, she I does. Should, I should make her in The Sims. I've been playing <laughs> The Sims lately. Well, I know who I'm making. I'm making Mouse. <laughs> should make Bob and Mouse in The Sims. Why and not? and uh, Megabyte's like rule number two: I double cross whomever I please. And she's like rule number three: disregard rule number one <laughs> and two. And then jumps up onto the dinner table and shoots the CR chamber open and Dinobot maximizes. <laughs> oh wait, wrong show. This is pretty. Cl- it's weird that we reviewed these two episodes back to back. Yeah, two like very. It's funny that he thinks he can add a rule to Mouse's like set of rules that directly contradicts her ro- like yeah. number first rule yeah it's it's dumb it's it's and then she's like rule number three megabyte smells <laughs> he's like, rule number four like flowers rule number five <laughs> like smelly poopy flowers rule number six most sucks <laughs> and then rule, this is rule, quite... rule number seven bob's fapping right now wait what wait what um <laughs> Then he hangs up on her, and she, this is kind of scary, um, she, like, lunges at the camera and, like, screams like a weird wild animal. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was strange. And, like, bears her fangs. I've been, uh, I've been very vocal about uh, my appreciation of Mouse throughout this episode, but I don't know about that animal roar. It's not like a, a sexy hiss. It's like, yeah, it's an animal roar. <laughs> yeah. It, it. Yeah. I don't like it. No, you don't like that, eh? No. Yeah. Uh, neither. Neither. Neither did I actually. So, uh, Megabyte and, hits and a Bob's there, and his mouth is like agape. <laughs> He's like a little bit horrified at that weird reaction. Horrified, but probably also kind of aroused. Much like Christopher is at the, <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> and there's an automated sexy voice that says, Warning, compression field destabilizing. Uh-oh. Yep. So. Re-enlargement imminent. And I'm like, just say enlargement. <laughs> Re-enlargement. Uh, and and yeah, so- is like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so she's like, uh, we gotta get out of here. Yeah, we got nanoseconds before we return to our normal size, sugar. Care to take the wheel? Or something <laughs> like that, basically. Yeah. She offers uh, Bob control. And they, they buckle up. They buckle up. The, uh, the this, ship takes this off. Is, this is hilarious. Point out right here, they are leaving the, um, like the, the drone bike thing that Bob brought in there. And that generator control device, the viral like takeover device, in his brain. Uh, they destroy the uh, the hover bike. 
Do they? they sh- yeah, they look. shoot a laser at it. Ah, uh, it, it like vaporizes it. Yeah. Okay, good call. And then they take the the virus thing with them. Ah, I didn't catch that the first time. Neither did I. I only just saw good. it just now. Okay, they covered their their bases. Oh, and then she's kind of like holding a like a a handle like above her head, and you can see her arm flexing. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Get, not bad. You get a nice. Uh, sh- you get a nice shot of her of her uh her biceps here. Yeah. She's got this like really like kind of sexy like like satisfied look on her face. Okay, we get okay, it. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop uh <laughs> the, better the funny stop. thing is at least you're artic- articulating it well enough um your interest in her and explaining the scene. I like re-listened to that episode where Hexadecimal is introduced, and it's it, I I just revisit the same things. I, I talk about her too much. It's just it's just it's just a, wa- a lot of wasted air of me just talking about like how much of a hot dominatrix Hexadecimal is. Fair. So you'll never be that bad because I, I feel like that was like ten fifteen minutes of me ranting about her. So you're you're allowed <laughs> much more time to rant about Mouse is what I'm saying. All right. And also she's just cool. Yeah, yeah. She's just cool, man. Gonna... Um I completely forgot hack and slash were in there with the I'm gonna take a screenshot in pieces of this exact moment. There, As they're I zipping, did. completely forgot hack and slash were in pieces. Um it's the the craft that Bob, Hex, Hack and Slash, and Mouse are in, slowly starts to like double in size like every couple of seconds. And then Enzo kind of like starts to begin a sneeze. Yeah. And then it does this. This is actually kind of cool editing. He kind of like leans back and Enzo sneezes and it enlarges back to it's like 20 feet tall. This is a gigantic craft, right? Like many, many, many times the size of Enzo. And as he sneezes, it enlarges like as it's exiting his his nose, and it kind of like rewinds and from different camera angles plays the same effect as this gigantic tank like slams onto the ground in the supercomputer. Yeah, and the, uh, not, the, yeah, the principal office. I was like, well, uh, yeah, sorry, the principal office, and I was like, oh, well, that's convenient. Wouldn't it have been weird if he didn't sneeze and his head just exploded? <laughs> Oh, you know what? And You're right. Uh, Bob's uniform that he's wearing here is pretty dope. It's, it's, I just want to see him in that. Yeah, yeah, that's way cooler than his regular getup. Yeah, I love this. Yeah, I, I just want to see him wear that. Like that, that be his guardian outfit. Um, but a ramp comes down out of the back of the tank. Seems way bigger than it was before. And Bob is there posing like a boss, and Mouse is there with her arms crossed. Yeah, and they look at each other like satisfied. And, and um, Enzo's like, yeah, Bob, you saved my brain. Yeah, you saved my bit. Ba- <laughs> um, hey, big boss, you saved my brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he's like, hey, we did it. And the camera zooms in <laughs> with Dot, with her like hands on her hips, scowling, scowling like an angry, angry lady. Oh, she jealous. Oh, she jealous. And she's like, hey, Bob, who's that girl? Like, very, like, accusatory. Yeah. 
Which, Which like, makes me think that Bob and Dot have something else going on that the public they haven't made public yet. Yeah, I, I was kind of wondering. I'm like, are they actually together? I think they're on the D-Lo. On the DL? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah so Bob's like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, uh, hey, uh, I'd like you to meet Mouse. Mouse, this is Dot. Mouse? M- Mouse? Mouse? And it goes in like a POV, like first person from him as he scans the, like the hover tank and hack and slasher in there. And she's just, she's just gone. Like Batman. I was just (laughs) going to say she Batmaned out of there. Yeah. Uh, And he's he's like like, (laughs) nervous laughing and he's like, same old mouse. And coughs a couple times. (laughs) And uh, and looks nervous. (laughs) And like, holy shit. The look that the dot gives him i've never seen such a disapproving angry like like jealous face from her yeah and the gigantic doors to the um to the um the principal office um slam like they're like 40 feet tall right like they look like they're made of gold or brass they slam shut and there's like mouse's insignia on the door yeah so she pulled a fast one. And, and so I was like, what are we going to do with these losers? And he points at Hack and Slash, who are in pieces in the taxi. And they're like, we're sorry. Fog does this trippy-ass head thing where he like stretches his neck so he can be head face-to-face with Bob. Yeah. Um, and we're at the Silicon Tour. And... Megabyte is still in his hover chair and he's all like, I said, send them in. And we hear some very like micro sounding voices of hack and or slash. And they're like, we're down here. boss." <laughs> yeah. And they're like tiny. So presumably they, they shrunk them again temporarily so they could. So they could um, send them back to to Megabyte. So they're useless just a little bit longer. Slightly more useless than they otherwise normally are. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Yeah, that was episode that's 10. A that's a wrap fact. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was episode 10 of Reboot, The Great Brain Robbery. We came up with the idea of rating each episode uh, at the end of each podcast. On the alphanumeric scale. That's right. Where which goes from what did we decide? Yeah, so there's what are there's four there's four on the scale? Yes. And the bottom is this is bad. Really bad. Yeah. And yeah, so that those are like the bottom of the barrel, like basically in the belly of the beast type episodes. <laughs> yeah. Uh I don't think so, which is the episodes that aren't that great. They're not terrible, but they're they don't do it for us. Yeah. That was easy enough, which are the episodes that are halfway decent to, you know, pretty good. And alphanumeric, which is the highest tier, and though that honor is reserved for the best of the best. The crimson binomes of the the series. If you will, yes. So, Cal, on that scale, what do you rate in 
the great brain. I almost said in the belly of the beast again. <laughs> the great brain robbery. Hmm. Oh, that was easy enough. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you're going with. That's what I'm going with. I think I'll the, agree. The interaction with Bob and Mouse is like kind of what saved it. Otherwise, I would have gone longer. Yeah. Or lower, I mean. I would agree. I like the um uh Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence on this one, actually. Yeah, this is either good sidebar on a sidebar. Notice that even though they were shrunk by different means and at different times, Bob like re enlarged at the exact same time Mouse did. Hmm. And the tank. Good point. Technically, he should have enlarged a little bit later or sooner, unless they they just happened to re enlarge at the same time. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> this is I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this a very low that was easy enough. So it's kind What's of the one underneath that? I don't think so. So you're you don't think it's an I don't think so? Not quite. It's Okay. It, it it's kind of on the cu- it, it it's on the cusp like it's on the border between the two but i'm giving it the slight edge because mouse is hot <laughs> okay fair enough Understand- <laughs> understandable sir yeah uh, by the way yeah. you asking like the the three lower like this is bad really bad and um uh what's the one above I that i don't think uh, so i don't think so and uh, that was easy enough those are like common bob phrases yeah yeah and alphanumeric is the well, it's the name of the show, but also um, the most common utterance uh, from Enzo yeah. on the show. Yeah, so I, I, I'm i kind of knocking the episode one because it's basically just Fantastic Voyage. Like, yeah. Um, I don't really get uh, what Megabyte's plan was in sending Enzo into the core. Just to kill him for shits and gigs? I I don't know. Yeah. I why would Enzo have access to the core? Yeah. Yeah. Um some, some weird plot holes. Gigantic door warning <laughs> for the palm scanner and a ten year old can open it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh so but I do I like the uh the little viral binome spies. Uh big that fan was of that. Pretty great. Big fan of Mouse. Um, I really like her interactions with Bob, as you said, like kind of saved it for you with this episode. Yeah. Um, and it makes Bob more interesting too. Talking about his life before mainframe. Yeah. And he's kind of dull, so I'll take anything that can make Bob <laughs> more interesting, right? More slightly more interesting than just like dipshit hero man. Yeah, dip dipshit kind of like Hero Man here to save day. Not actually stop crime, just play games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, so it's a it's a very unenthusiastic that was easy enough. It's just barely above, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 
Uh, that has been alphanumeric. Uh, we will be back next week with my full stop favorite episode of season one. Uh, episode oh, 11, man. Talent Night. Oh, shit. I remember this one. I remember this one, too. I've actually... Uh, uh, I like this episode so much, I actually have already watched it again recently. Like, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. Not even for the podcast, just This, just this is going to be a good one. Yeah, I, I have a lot to say about this episode, so I look forward to, uh, to uh, getting into that one. Uh, best way... Best way to support the show, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. Helps us out with discoverability. Um, check out our website, uh, alphanumericpodcast.ca. You'll find uh, embedded players of all of the episodes of this show and social media links. And also, yeah. check, also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash alphanumericpodcast. And yeah, I have been one of your hosts, Christopher Siege. I am your other host, NeoCal. And until next week, game over. See you next time, sugar. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. What?